What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nursing Uncharted. This is the podcast that talks all about different types of nursing while also uncovering topics that go uncharted in our workdays and in our daily lives. My name is Maggie Reichard, pronouns she, her. I'm your host for this podcast today. This episode is sponsored by AMN Passport. AMN Passport is a comprehensive app that AMN has created for travel nurses or prospective travelers for booking assignments, but you can book assignments, you manage your contracts, everything from your phone, from the app. Um, so it's super accessible and it's easy to book your next travel job. You get job, you get job matches uh, instantly on the app. So if you're interested in travel assignments, be sure to check it out. So today I have my pen and paper out because we are talking about understanding your finances and empowering nurses to be um you know, more understanding of, of their um, financial situation and um, empowering nurses to cultivate financial literacy. Because I think as nurses, we don't always, we're not really taught how to generate wealth in our profession. Um, it's something that you kind of have to be intrinsically motivated to do. So I'm super excited today to kind of delve into what that looks like with Anthony Swain. As a travel nurse since 2016, Anthony realized there was a major lack of financial literacy among travel nurses, despite their increased income. Um, travel nurses were earning more, but he wanted to make sure that they were keeping more of that too. So he became a certified financial education instructor, a CFEI, to help position himself as an expert resource on the personal finance aspect and to help spread financial education in the travel community. Now he works as a nurse wealth coach to empower nurses to take control of their financial situations and progress on their journeys towards financial independence. So Anthony, welcome to the show. Maggie, thank you for that amazing introduction. I know it was a, a tongue twister some parts, but you, you, did, <laughs> you did amazing. Uh, I, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast and uh, I definitely look forward to diving into some of the personal finance stuff and hopefully it helps everyone listening. Yeah, it's a big feat, like understanding finances and to, to have a real knack for it, I feel like. And I feel like, too, just in the past two years, you know, obviously, that's everything that's happened with the pandemic and, you mm -hmm. know, the nurses rates getting extremely high. I feel like yeah. it brought nurses attention to it even more like, all right, now that I have, you know, made this excessive income, yeah. you know, what should I do with it? Um, and it, it, it may have decreased from when it what 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 it once was but mm -hmm. but you know now i think more than ever i think nurses realize like wow you know money can be a tool for me to you know better myself now and in the future so yeah. i think it was it what really drew me to kind of creating my page and just sharing all the educational tips that i do is just to really empower nurses to know that you know they are in control and they can make yeah. decisions now to help them in the future yeah it's certainly a topic that we don't think about when we are, you know, like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of nurses are kind of, nursing is kind of like a traditional job. And I feel like sometimes we spend and save in a traditional way. Like we're like that kind of people, like some, you know, there's like a, those bucket of nurses. And so I feel like this is, you know, going to be really beneficial for not only travelers, but like just nurses in general, you know, like just thinking a Absolutely. different way. I totally get what you're saying. Uh, you know, I, I know nursing kind of traditionally was just like a, a caring profession, you know, altruistic. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. that kind of gets carried along with it. Like, you know, that we shouldn't be financially savvy and like thinking about money, right. you know, but 
it's important, you know, yeah. nonetheless, you know, because nurses have to take care of themselves, you know, in order to take care of people too. So yeah. I think it's important for nurses and really yeah, nurses altogether, not even just travel nurses, nurses yeah. and other healthcare pros. So absolutely. So I kind of want to start by just talking about kind of your own journey into this, you know, field. Have you always kind of had a knack for knowing about finances? You know, it probably the actual opposite of that. So, really? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I grew up in a household with my parents. They were both blue collar workers. Neither of them went okay. to college. Both of them got their um, GEDs. So, okay. uh, you know, it was, money was never really a hot topic of conversation. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw them living paycheck to paycheck. I didn't really realize mm. that was, you know, paycheck to paycheck at the time. But now looking back, you know, yeah. I, I do, you know, love them. You know, they supported me. They did every, they were amazing parents, but finances yeah. was one thing that I didn't really pick yeah. up from them. And, uh, it kind of carried on, I, you know, after I graduated school, you know, I had a ton of college debt. Um, you know, they didn't mm -hmm. help me navigate that as well either. So I, I ended up picking up a lot of college debt. I had a, you know, registered nurse job and, you know, good salary, starting salary. So, I mean, and mm -hmm. looking at everything, you know, a 55 yeah. to $60,000 salaries is good to start off. Yeah. But I really just had no plan, no idea what to do. I remember I didn't even know exactly how to set up a direct deposit. I, I think I got mm. my first several checks, just like an actual check and went and cashed it at the bank uh, yeah. and took the money. <laughs> Um, awesome. so, you know, it's just how things have changed, but yeah. I think at some point it just clicked that I realized there had to be more than, you yeah. know, this, and I, I just kind of wanted to go on a different path and I really just took it upon myself to just read everything I could. Yeah. I, I know it's a classic, but rich dad, poor dad, you know, is, is a great <laughs> finance classic. I think I have that book. Is I'm it up there? Sure. Yeah, I got some, I yeah. it's what it's one of these. <laughs> it's, it's a classic and it really just made me think that there, you know, there is more to just, you know, working and paying your bills. Yeah. And then that's, and then that just inspired me to just in continuing to learn and just take action. That pretty much led me to where I'm at now. And uh, now I'm getting to share that information with others, you know, to yeah. help decrease, you know, their timeline to learning everything. I mean, a lot of sure. it, I took it upon myself and I, you know, met obstacles along the way just from lack of information. But now yeah. I want to make it easier and streamline the process for other nurses, healthcare yeah. workers. I wanted because I was going to ask, how long do you think it took you to like become an expert in, in this, you know, field for other I people? would say between, you know, I, I started kind of reading and watching videos, things like that probably right around when I became a travel nurse, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, so like 2015, 2016. Okay. And, you know, as I started making more, uh, I realized that, you know, even making more doesn't necessarily mean that you'll end up with more. Um, yeah. and then that's when I started kind of practicing what I preach. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say just, I would say within the last couple of years, I feel like I, I've really kind of came into my own and just feel yeah. very comfortable with everything I've learned. But that's, sure. you know, dozens of books later and I yeah. can't countless hours of podcasts. Uh, you know, there's no, no like exact quantitative measure that's like, you know, you're an expert now. Um, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I didn't become like a certified financial planner or financial advisor, um, but I did at least uh, 
go through the National Financial Education Education Council to get my CFEI, yeah. what you mentioned in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was about 40 to 50 hours of coursework. And then you had to take an exam at the end. So at least okay. that I wanted to make sure that I, I could teach the material appropriately. Yeah. Um, so that's why I got that designation. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I think it's really cool to see, to hear your story of not knowing about, you know, feeling like you don't know anything about finances to knowing a lot. I think that that's a great example for the, you know, everyday nurse that, you know, hasn't really doesn't think about it and just like gets the paycheck and puts it in there, you know, and yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, not to, you know, like brag and, you know, say, you know, look how far I've come, but really as just as an example that, you know, anyone could really find the information out there and, you know, choose to kind of better their financial path. Um, so yeah, I didn't come from, you know, a very, you know, big financial background or with parents with a lot of money. So it really, I mean, anyone could, you know, take the steps to improve kind of their knowledge and just make the decisions they're making. Well, and you took all that information that you learned and you kind of streamlined it into an ebook. Is that correct? Yeah. And that's something I worked on during the pandemic as well. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I just thought I see, saw so many nurses asking questions. And even when I would post things, you know, I, yeah. I got a ton of responses about it. So took the time to write this ebook. It, it was a really big undertaking. It's there's a lot of information there. But I basically sure. wrote it for any nurse travel, basically mainly travel nurses, taking them from square one with like no knowledge all the way through the basics and the fundamentals to yeah. even kind of like the advanced, you know, retirement kind of things down in the, the long run. And uh, yeah, I compiled it all together in a book, lots of fun graphics and corny jokes by myself. And uh, yeah, I put it out there. So I uh, called the Travel Nurses Guide to Personal Finance and uh, I released it in November. And so far it's helped, I think, 150 plus nurses. So I'm excited to be able to share that and, you know, hopefully keep sharing it. I'll keep updating it, you know, every year and be a valuable resource for the community. Very cool. Yeah, and we will we'll plug that below too. We'll we'll plug that we'll have a link in the in the description there. I appreciate the plug. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, when people come to you, what are some of the or what do you think are like some of the biggest pitfalls for nurses, more specifically travel nurses when they're like all of a sudden they have, you know, they're making all this money. Like where do you think we go wrong? when in terms of managing our wealth? I think the biggest thing, and it's something that I even, like I mentioned, I struggle with myself was in the beginning, you're making more, you know, you maybe go from when you're making, you know, 14, 1500 every two weeks or, you know, 2000 every two weeks. And then you're making that every week. Um, And, you know, if you're not kind of managing your budget and kind of being Mm -hmm. intentional with where you're putting that money, it could easily just you'll end up with nothing at the end of the month. Um, And honestly, somebody I was helping recently, they, you know, were super excited. They got this new high paying contract. I helped them, you know, take their first contract. And uh, sure enough, you know, we had a little lapse of communication and I ended up kind of picking it back up with them. And, you know, they said they had spent, you know, everything that they made and that, you know, it was around 10,000 for, you know, one month. Um, So, but it was a valuable lesson and, you know, then we kind of went back through and helped create a budget, but just as an example, you know, just how quickly we could make it and then spend it. So I think kind of avoiding that lifestyle creep or at least, 
you know, monitoring it and not sure. letting it be a hundred percent of your new income. Yeah. Um, but finding that balance of, you know, using some of it to enjoy and, you know, adventure, enjoy that, this time of traveling. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, you know, and another, another token is, you know, just really using that money intentionally to like help better, you know, your future. Um, cause right now, you know, some of the most valuable times is, you know, during these traveling years, you know, not taking for granted that maybe they won't be able to make that kind of income in the future. It's not mm -hmm. always guaranteed, but for right. right now, you know, they have that opportunity of, you know, I don't know, three to, I don't know the average, you know, travelers you normally travel, but you know, it's three, three to five years maybe right. of where they're making really solid income from the travel nursing assignments yeah. um, and just using that intentionally. So I think that's yeah. the biggest thing is just like having a plan, um, mm -hmm. you know, each contract you're taking or, you know, every, every three, six months, kind of just following up on that plan and making sure you stay on track. Sure. Yeah. I, when I traveled, I traveled for four years and I paid off my loans. I mean, that was like, I just, I didn't really know how to, I think retrospectively, I can't remember the guy, you probably know the guy that like, essentially you just like dump your money into like a house mortgage or like, you know, your loans or I can't remember the guy that like says to do that, but I just dumped everything and I paid off my loans. I think I had like 30 grand in. Wow. That's amazing. Or something. So I think all overall it was like, like my car payment. And then I had like, yeah, like 25,000 at, from JMU. And I just, you know, that, that so was really the most you were really intentional with it. And then now you don't have to worry about it anymore. So, I mean, yeah, you know, your goal was, you know, paying off all your debt, you know, someone else's goal might be, Hey, saving for a down payment for a house yeah, or, right. or a rental property, but you know, just being really intentional with it. So whatever your goal mm -hmm. is, you know, everybody will have different goals, but I think just whatever your goals are, just being intentional with it. Yeah. And obviously I think it's important too to, you know, enjoy some of the money as well because you yeah, know, we're all absolutely. Meant have to, fun. You know, you know, you're not going to travel forever. And... And, yeah, but you know, it's important just to kind of take care of your financial goals too. That you know, once you get done with it and it's all said and done, that you actually gain something from it. Like you, yeah, paid off your debt, and yeah. you know, and that that could really be for anyone too. You know, they can make you know big thing, you know, big impacts on their financial picture. Yeah. I just thought of like, I was on a Facebook group once for travel nurses and somebody like posted a picture of that they had like just bought a boat, like a big boat. And I was like, man, like, I wonder how much they have left. They just like yeah, spent all their money on like there, you know, but that's, I think, you know, I mean, I think that's another, own. another common fit, pitfall that, you know, you asked is like, I even think just as new nurses, you know, when we go from like making nothing, you know, in college or yeah. just maybe doing side jobs to make some like spending cash For sure. and then getting to like our first like real career paychecks. And then mm -hmm. the first thing you like, I, I see people doing is buying that like SUV, that new SUV, yeah, you know, for like a <laughs> five, six, $700 car payment and then the yeah. insurance. And it's like, that eats up such a big chunk of, yeah. you know, your money in the beginning that you can't make a lot of moves to get you ahead, you know? Yeah. And so if you can kind of just delay that gratification to sure. like times when you're just more financially ahead, then, yeah. you know, it, it makes it better. So, I mean, I'm never going to tell someone not to buy something, you know, if it's their money, you know, they could yeah. do it, but then there's also just, what are you sacrificing? So like, if you want yeah. to buy that boat or, 
brand new truck or an SUV, what are you sacrificing that now you cannot spend that money on every month? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just important for people to like realize and be conscious of, you know, that opportunity lost. So Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of being aware, you know, like you said, being more, more intentional and it just, it's a learning curve. It takes time to figure out, you know, like when people get out of college, a lot of people are like 21, you know, like I think I, think I with my money, I, I think I probably ate out like every night, like, you know, like I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to like make my own food. I just wanted to like go out and, you know, like go get drinks with friends. And yeah, you know, I no, just, I mean, it, it is. And you are, you are most of for most of us that just went to college after high school, you are yeah. a younger kind of developmental yeah. age. So, I mean, you, you, even if you do make those mistakes in the beginning and not even necessarily mistakes, but if you do make those financial decisions, then, I mean, at least it's something you can learn from now, you know, yeah. now that maybe your mid twenties or even if you're in your early thirties and even beyond that, you know, you could still learn from previous decisions and know like now what you need to do or, yeah. you know, should do. So, um, it, I, I think, uh, you know, all of our times that we've done things, you know, are all learning points, mm -hmm. you know, you know, everything is a, yeah. a, a lesson. So, yeah, absolutely. Are you interested in taking your nursing career to the next level? B.E. Smith, an AMN healthcare company, is looking for qualified nurses to fill exclusive interim unit supervisor roles. This could be the travel opportunity you've been looking for. So apply now while positions are available. Click the link in the description box to contact a recruiter today. I wanted to kind of go back to we were talking about how travelers normally only yeah, like maybe the average traveler is like three to five years or so, you know, whatever that number actually is, is, are there things that we can, you know, if, if a staff nurse is saying like, Hey, I think I want to travel for X amount of years. Is there, um, tips that you can kind of in thinking ahead to like maximize the wealth that you can accumulate in that short amount of time? Like, yeah. Um, so it's a great question, Maggie. Um, I think the biggest thing nurses could do um, is, you know, obviously see what contracts are out there. You know, yeah. I know AMN, uh, I worked with them for a long time and, you know, still do, still yeah. do. Uh, you know, look at all, all the options out there. And when you're, mm -hmm. when you're seeing contracts in certain areas, or maybe you even just have a few destinations in mind, just yeah. kind of evaluate, you know, hey, if, if this contract's paying this amount in, let's just say, San Francisco, and then, mm -hmm. you know, there's this contract that's paying this amount in maybe a, a smaller city, but lower mm -hmm. cost of living. You know, I, I think you just have to evaluate all the factors. So, like, yeah. maybe one contract's paying more, but it, it may cost you four or $5,000 a month to live there while you're on assignment yeah. versus a mm -hmm. place where you could make... 2500 and maybe it only costs you 1500 you know a month to live there so yeah. you know thinking about all the factors like you know how much it'll cost to get you there and you know just cost of living things like that you know mm -hmm. what kind of hospital it is you know like are you going to get burnt out after the first assignment and then want to switch and leave somewhere else i think people don't think about hey you know jumping to take you know the highest paying assignment wherever it is yeah you know one factor is you know, you just that travel and time, maybe you go without work in between assignments is sure. kind of opportunity lost. You know, you have to think about, hey, I'm not getting paid during those weeks. Um, mm -hmm. You know, every time you move, maybe you need to 
put down a new deposit for a new apartment or, you know, Airbnb. So, you know, every time you change, you know, it, it creates a lot of money, you know, that you're putting in different directions. But Mm -hmm. if you can stay in one place, I usually recommend if you can, you know, stay in place for at least six months, you know, so just one contract and maybe a renewal, just because you have that one, you know, steady income, you know, your expenses, you know, there's not those extra moving costs, booking mm-hmm. flights. I know, I know companies now they reimburse for a lot, but yeah. you know, there's a lot of things they can't reimburse you for a hundred percent. So you yeah. just, you know, the more you're moving and, you know, taking time off from work, you know, it can create a lot of money outflow. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one big thing you could do is just try to stay in places for just at least six months, you know, just yeah. to really kind of take advantage of that, you know, normal income, you know, versus sure. expenses. Um, and then I, I think beyond that, just like we mentioned before, just being intentional and creating a plan, even mm-hmm. just before the assignments, you know, I know that a lot of companies, they give you the pay breakdown of, yeah. you know, gross versus net, or if they don't even give you net, you can kind of calculate net. Um, and just see like, how much money am I going to have every month versus how many bills, you know, expenses I'm paying and mm-hmm. say, that's 3000, say that's 4000 like creating a plan for that money, you know, and really trying to stick to it, you know, like give yourself, Hey, you know, this little bit of money to spend and enjoy, but then, Hey, I know this 3000 is going to go towards investments or savings. Um, so at least, you know, that three to six months during your contracts, you know, hopefully you're going to end up with X amount. Right. Um, and I think that could really get nurses ahead. Um, I know nurses, they, they really, uh, lately I've been seeing and, I mean, I, I do appreciate it. You know, I, I see nurses, you know, working for, you know, three to six months, just like straight and then taking, you know, that same amount of yeah, time off. I could never, I, <laughs> my, I do, I do, my stress level could never. <laughs> I do appreciate it. But I also know, you know, there's like a massive, you know, expense with like not having, you know, any income and then just keeping up with the expenses, especially yeah. if you're taking like very, you know, expensive vacations and things as well in between. So I think it's important to find that balance where like, Hey, you know, maybe you take a couple weeks off in between or even, you know, a month off in between. Um, but if, you know, if your goal is to try to get financially ahead, you know, yeah. obviously the, the more you can work, the better. Um, but you don't want to get a burnout to the point where you can't work at all. So, you know, whenever you do need to take time off, I think it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, but I think extended, time in between assignments could definitely have a negative drag on, you know, whatever you're trying to achieve financially. Yeah. I think just in hearing you talk about all these different things, I'm thinking like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Like (laughs) my, (laughs) the way that I traveled, I made no money, no money. Like I, I, but I had a great experience. Like I, I traveled like every just where I knew like family and friends. And then, you know, I would take like, you know, a few weeks off here and there, but like, yeah, like I probably made like the same amount as the staff nurse. Cause I didn't like know, you know, I wasn't keeping track. I don't think I was like, at was aware. And, and so- that's, a, that's a point that you bring out. I mean, I'm sure it's like a, a quantitative thing that you could figure out like, Hey, you know, if I'm making this amount yeah. on 13 weeks of a travel assignment, but then I'm taking off, you know, eight weeks in between, like, what does that actually break down to if like you just worked in a a staff role for that whole time, you know, or, or or some other kind of role that whole time. Um, so that's, that's an important point to like, look at, you know, if, 
if really traveling, if one of the main things you want to do is accomplish like financial goals, I think you, you know, just have to, I guess, be more conscious of that. Like, Hey, I can't take yeah. off, you know, the same amount of weeks in between, uh, you yeah. know, every assignment. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of like, you know, setting goals and figure out, figuring out what you want out of traveling at the end of the day, you know, like, do you want to just go like be a nomad and like see the world and, you know, or do you, are you doing it for financial benefit? Then you have to be, you know, cognizant of, of how much money, like what your intake is. Yeah. And, and I think there's a balance in between, which, yeah. you know, I, I, I am a proponent for, I think there is that balance. So, yeah. uh, that's, I'll, I'll push to anyone that I meet or I talk to or ask me for advice is just finding that balance of where you can like enjoy life and like live it fully, but also, you know, just help your financial kind of sense in the long run too. Yeah. Do you feel like there are things that you would have done differently, like on your financial journey? Or like things that you've learned that you will tell, you know, your students, your clients? Yes. Uh, one, I would say, don't go to a private school. No. <laughs> no <I'd say> <laughs> you start low with the loans. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, if, if, when you are choosing schools, like what schools you're going to, really just analyze the total cost. Yeah. You know, and just look at all your options. Is there somewhere else I can go to give me that same degree, even if it's not nursing, but, you know, mm -hmm. for nursing. So somewhere I can go to get that exact degree um, mm -hmm. for less. And it's, yeah. you know, still good school and still same, you know, similar pass rates. Because then, you know, you're, that big amount that you're paying for, you're going to have to pay for in the long run eventually. Um, yeah. So I think just being cognizant of that. I didn't really analyze my choices in the beginning. I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, have a ton of direction. So I think going back, I probably would have just did all my prereqs as much as I could at like community or like state schools. Um, okay. and then eventually applied to, you know, whatever nursing programs I could find that were on the lower sure. end of tu tuition, but Hey, when it's all said and done, like I said, it was a lesson and experience yeah. you know, yeah. that I learned. From. Um, and I think the next thing is just starting early. When I first started, I, you know, I, I think when I signed up for my company's retirement plan, like the first hospital, I think they just yeah. put you in, you know, I think it's like the 4%. I think that's just like kind of standard. They put you in for right. like 2 to 4%. And uh, I thought that was it. I was like, yeah, I just do that forever. And, you know, I, I could retire. Yeah. And, uh, I think that's I a lot of people. That's just that. the bare minimum. And then, you know, just checking to see if you're even invested in anything. You know, I, I, I met someone that I started working with one-on-one. -on -one. And, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, I have, you know, 35,000 in my, you know, 401k or whatever. And I was like, oh, great. Like what investments are you in? And so they ended up logging into that app and they found out they weren't invested in anything. They were just in a, a savings account. And this was yeah, for like sits there. four or five years. And that money could have grown so much, you know, during yeah. that time period. And, uh, you know, I, I told them that and, you know, just looking out for things like that, like fees, you know, fees for certain funds that you can invest in, but really mainly starting early. You know, I look yeah. back and sometimes I run the numbers. I'm just like, wow, if I started, you know, investing in 2016, do you know, 2015, <laughs> what would it have grown to today? I'm like, wow, I could have been almost retired by now. Yeah, uh, no. But yeah, so I, lesson. I, I think, yeah, 2016, I think I opened an IRA or a Roth IRA and, uh, I didn't even like quite know exactly like the power of it yet. And I was yeah. only like putting some investments in and I didn't keep mm -hmm. up with it for a little while. 
but n- now I do. Now I max out my RAs and things like that. But uh, you know, looking back back then, like if I would have just maxed it out every year since like 2015, yeah. what it could have grown into today. But you know, there's all the lessons you learn, and and yeah. the whole purpose of what I'm doing is so people don't make that mistake and they just yeah. start early. You know, they're already taken care of, and you know, be further along than I am, you know, in, yeah. in the same position, you know, I want to, um, get into like IRAs and stuff. I mean, when, when you're putting this chunk of money aside, like what should we do with it? You know, what are our different options? Yeah. So are you, are you asking about like, if you are investing in an IRA, like what you could invest in or, Hey, with well, this extra money, what could we invest in? Yeah, I think with the extra money, you know, kind of zooming out at first, you know, I want to, I want listeners that really don't know, you know, those people that are just putting, you know, two to 4%, you know, matching for their hospital and not knowing, you know, like, how can we help people now other than guiding them to the ebook too, you know, starting just from scratch, like, what do we do with that money that we're saving? Yeah, I think start, you know, with that money, I think just going back to evaluating what your goals are. But I think, you know, just at a bare minimum, not knowing everybody's picture, I would think just paying off high interest debt, just because really, Mm -hmm. no matter what else you do, if you have high interest debt hanging over your head, it kind of just creates a a drag, you know, you're not really getting ahead, you know, if you're paying credit card interest and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, and then, yeah, I mean, I think nurses have an an amazing position with the extra income to invest in you know, assets. So whether that be mm-hmm. in the stock market where they can invest in their IRAs, individual retirement accounts, uh, or the 401ks that their companies provide. Um, there's other investment vehicles too. I, I know a lot of nurses will ask me like, oh, I maxed out my IRA. I'm not eligible for a 401k yet through, you know, XYZ travel company. You mm-hmm. know, what else could I do? Is that just it? Um, and then I tell them about the brokerage accounts where it's unlimited and they can put in as much as they can. And there's no you know, retirement age that you have to access the money. So, you know, I tell them about that and, you know, that's like an an unlimited funnel that you can put money into, you know, you could put in as much as you want. Um, And is that something completely different? Like if I had a Vanguard account, is that something that I can access from my Vanguard account? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, whether it be Vanguard or Fidelity or Charles Schwab, Mm -hmm. any of those investment institutions, um, you know, they'll have a section where, you know, you know, have your IRA opened or maybe a 401k with, you know, some uh, company, Um, but you actually can open this account uh, separately. So you can open your own individual brokerage account and, you know, you'll be able to invest in this similar funds, you know, so, you know, like the big name mutual funds, uh, or you can invest in individual stocks. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't particularly recommend, you know, specific st- stocks or, you know, I myself like index funds, which, you know, kind of a collection of a bunch of stocks, you know, that you okay. can invest in and you can find those on your, you know, brokerages like Vanguard and Fidelity. Um so yeah, I, I'm a big proponent of the brokerage account just because you have so much control and you're not limited to the 59 and a half uh, kind of retirement age before you get access to the, the funds penalty free. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so that's, yeah, I mean, another big key of it is, you know, do if you do plan on retiring mm-hmm. early, you can yeah. start, you know, taking, you know, income from it, you know, whether it be dividends or, um, you know, just withdrawing money. So uh, I know a lot of people that are in like the financial independent retire early, you know, yeah. they use these accounts just because they can access them before 59 and a half. 
Right. Because which which accounts like your four hundred one k you can't access, IRAs. Can the IRA traditional IRA, you know, you can't access till fifty nine and a half. Um, Roth IRAs, it's similar but just like a different version. It's mm-hmm. after tax dollars that you're putting in. Um, so you can technically take out your contributions, you know, penalty and tax free, but okay. taking your gains, you have to wait until 59 and a half. Um, now people mm. with these accounts, I wouldn't recommend taking anything out because that's less money that you have to grow tax free. But, um, yeah, but the Ross are a great option for that. Um, and then, you know, I know a lot of nurses are kind of getting into interested in real estate now. I know that's like mm-hmm. a hot topic. And yes. so I think travel nurses are in an awesome position to be real estate investors um, because they've gotten a chance to travel around. They've maybe seen different markets, made connections in different states and cities, yeah. um, you know, now have maybe a little extra capital that they could, you know, think about investing. Maybe it's somewhere that they loved and they like enjoyed so much, you know, maybe they could purchase a house um, and then, you know, start renting out to other travel nurses. And then when they're away on assignments, you know, then they could kind of offset their cost. And then when they come back, they have a place, you know, permanent residence. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think travel nurses have an awesome opportunity to take advantage of this extra income to use for a variety of things. Really, you know, I, I, I tell people a lot, you know, whatever you're have the most knowledge for, Mm-hmm. That's where you should be investing your money. So, you know, if you okay. know a ton about stocks and index funds and you know that you love that, like love learning about it, love looking at them, then that's where you should be investing your money, you know. But yeah. if you're like, hey, I want to do real estate. I want to learn about short term rentals. I want to learn about midterm rentals, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you should, you know, invest in real estate, invest in networking, like find the right people to learn from. So I think nurses have that opportunity with the extra income that they yeah. could invest in those assets, but they can also invest in themselves. Um, you know, that's another thing a lot of people don't think about right away, you know, is investing in themselves, whether that be yeah. a course or a book, um, going to a conference, you know, you never know yeah. what you might learn or who you might connect with. So I think with that extra income, you could use to invest in yourself too. Uh, yeah. investing in yourself is the best investment you could make. So I think nurses have an awesome opportunity for that as well. That is so true. I remember I went to, I paid for a, cause nobody wants to pay for $700 for a conference to go on their own, you know, but when you're a traveler and you have that extra income, like, okay, I, I was and living. And you never in, know, you never yeah. know who you might meet and you know, the opportunities that might come about. So I think investing in yourself is, is a really important thing you could do with that kind of extra disposable income. Yeah. I went to, when I was traveling in Denver, the, um, I, I'm a neuro nurse, and there was the neuroscience convention there in Denver. And I just like, was like, yeah, I'll just buy the ticket. Like, and that was, that was like a great, you know, and I met, I networked, I met a lot of great people there and, you know, yeah, it, it makes total. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something investing in yourself is, is worth it for sure. What are you invested in as far as like, do you invest in real estate? Do you do mostly stocks? Where are you at in that? So up until this point, I've been primarily stocks. You know, I've just been in index funds just from different books I've read and then just doing mm-hmm. research on my own. Um, so I'm in just just a handful of index funds that covers a lot. You know, I'm pretty 
well diversified in a sense, but yeah. I'm also pretty aggressive just knowing that I am young and I still have a lot of years of investing before I'll need the money. Um, sure. So I am a, more on the aggressive end. So I'm pretty much 100% stocks. But yeah. uh, I will say I am saving more cash at the moment because uh, I do want to get into real estate. Um, okay. so I am taking the time to learn as much as I can. And like I was saying, investing in resources. So I've been, you know, reaching out to people, you know, to learn, you know, from different relationships. So mm. it's kind of like my next venture and hopefully this year I'll, I'll start. Well, I'll, I will say this year I'm going to start. Um, but yeah, I want to get into kind of renting to traveling healthcare professionals, kind of the midterm rental model, just yeah. because I've done it for so long. And I feel like I, I need to use that knowledge to my power. You know, I've made a lot of connections, stayed at a lot of places. So I know yeah. like what travel nurses are looking for, like what makes yeah. a good place to stay. And, mm -hmm. you know, I know a lot of the hospitals and nearby areas. So that's kind of my next idea of what I want to do. So that's where I'm kind of focusing a lot yeah. of my income. Yeah. It's really smart. It can be really successful. We actually have a property that we rent out for travelers and because in this area, because I know the, I know what I used to pay for contract for yes, housing in this area. We are very aware of that. Yeah. You know, you're aware of what other, you know, and travel nurses are the best tenants because they have a, you know, set income, you know, you know, they're, and they, it's, it's like corporate housing that they're looking for. So like, they're going to keep it nice. You know, they're only here for 13 weeks. So like, you know, and yeah, they're not, when they're on shift, they're away for like 12 hours. Yeah. And then when they're off shift, they're probably like going to go enjoy the area, explore, and they're just going to come yeah. back and want to like, that'd be just like their domain and chill. So I don't yeah. have any like experience personally as you know, dealing with the tenants, but I've heard that as a common theme that more often than not, they're great tenants. So, yeah. And it's less of less, um, turnaround than an Airbnb. You know, it's nice to have somebody just in there and just like collecting that income as the, you know, um, landlord for three yeah. months, as opposed to like a couple of days having to flip it. And then, you know, with their, it's, it's an easier, you know, as once you get the space and you you furnish it and, and, you know, figure out everything that you need in that space for travelers, then it's just passive income that you're collecting. Exactly. And I, I think that's a, you know, a great opportunity for nurses to kind of start gearing their mindset to ways they could make income outside of just their, you know, nine to five, you know, or seven to seven, how, you know, however nurses want to look at it. It's just like, kind of just starting to brainstorm of other ways that they can make income just other than just like their work paycheck. So that's, it's yeah. great that you brought that up. You know, you're someone that's doing it, you know, so it is possible. And, uh, you know, yeah. I think nurses have that opportunity to find ways to do that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. As far as the like index funds go and everything, it's, it's so important. I think what you said, like, if you don't have interest in it, then that's kind of a hard thing to, you know, really get into and, and benefit from. So I think like, I probably would not be able to, you know, know one company and like try to invest in one company and then follow the graphs. And like, you know, that's, yeah. that seems too, you know, that's out of my scope. That's something that I don't think I'm going to be interested in. Yeah. I mean, and, th and that's why I use the ind index funds because, you know, I thought, too, there was like a little period where I thought like, hey, I'm going to like study these charts. So I'm going to like learn about the companies. And 
I was investing in, you know, a, a little yeah. chunk of, you know, on a certain company or two. And mm -hmm. I realized it was like for every winner that I had, I feel like I had almost an uh, equal or worse loser. So it was like, mm -hmm. I wasn't getting anywhere fast, but with an index fund, you're, you're kind of just following the market. So yes, there will be down years, but yeah. you know, whenever there is upside, you're getting it and you're not yeah. worrying about some other loss that you have from a, a company that performed bad. Yeah. So I think even just like the average investor can be a great investor. So I know a lot of nurses, they get intimidated. They think, oh, I, I don't know where I can even start. But even just mm -hmm. investing in a few simple index funds, and I know they even make like one index fund where it just covers everything. I know they, they're coming out with these target date funds now where it's just like, mm -hmm. hey, I want to retire when I'm in 2055. And these oh. companies like Vanguard make a fund that essentially puts you in every, you know, all the investments to have you retire at 2055. And it starts off aggressive and then gets more conservative when you get closer to retirement. So there's things out there like cool. now that are out there, you know, like, like that, that, uh, you know, nurses can be pretty hands off and it's just really about yeah. kind of funneling the extra money to those investments and not really having to worry about it so much. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I mean, it can be basic and I think most people can just benefit from basic, uh, yeah. like good investing should be boring, you know, like you should, uh, it shouldn't be exciting or, you know, cause too exciting is where it could get risky, you know? Yeah. So I think most investors, you know, like the average, you know, nurse listening to this or whatever, you know, just investing in a few good in, you know, index funds yeah. can get you great results over, over time. You know, there's a long history of people, you know, benefiting from these index funds. So I think just kind of following that pattern, you know, is yeah. easy to, you don't necessarily have to know everything about stock analysis, Yeah. you know, to invest in these index funds. So that's why I think, right. you know, just the average investor could benefit from those. Yeah. I know that's what I was gathering from what you were saying. Like you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know so much about stocks in order to put, you know, is it 5,900 a year? Is that what you said? Like putting 50, 50 not, or is it $5,500 a year in as like maxing out the amount that you can oh, put in? So this, this year for the IRAs, it's 6,500. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Oh. For anyone age 50 or lower. And then there's catch up contributions for people 50 or plus. I don't, I don't know how many 50 plus listeners there are, but there, that is an option. <laughs> uh, and then the 401k is 22,500, you know, this year. So you do have options, you know, to put away mm -hmm. a good, good chunk of money. And then the brokerage is yeah. unlimited, you know, so as much gotcha. as you want to put in. Um, gotcha. But I do say, you know, travel nurses, uh, you know, they should take advantage of those accounts if they can, like the IRAs, just because of the, the tax benefits. And, you know, if mm -hmm. they can put away into the 401ks, that's just less money they're owing in tax up front. And that money can kind of grow on its own. Um so yeah, I mean, nurses have options, you know, and if, if they don't have the 401k or, you know, whatever, there's other options too. Like I mentioned, the brokerage is great. I love it. It's one of my favorite yeah. accounts just because it's so, you know, the freedom you have with it. Um, cool. Yeah. I wanted to go back to something that you said before. It just reminded me again how, you know, if you put money into a year Vanguard account, you have to take that second step and actually, in, you know, choose the different, you know, avenues that you're going to invest this money. Yeah. Because it will just, otherwise it's, it's just a bank account that sits there. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a big mistake. People don't realize it first when they're first starting is like, 
all right, I put the money in, um, you know, they actually have to choose the investments. So yeah. make sure if you're listening to this, make sure you're making, you know, check your investment account, see if you're actually invested <laughs> in anything. And then if you I am going to check mine after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, just what, whatever the investment you're in, just make sure that you're not paying too much fees. So you can kind of look up whatever it is, say if it's an S and P 500 fund, you know, which is typical, you probably see it on the news. Anytime you come on, it's just the 500 biggest, biggest companies in the United States. Okay. So, you know, say if you're in a fund like that, you know, you can look up to see, you know, what his performance was for the past five to 10 years and, you know, just what the fees are. So, you know, any fees that are greater than 1%, I would say are on the higher end. Um, and 1% mm -hmm. might not sound like a lot, but over time, compounding it really can add up so yeah. i think just being cognizant as, as, as a nurse when you're like going to invest is like all right make sure i am investing in something so it's not just like a glorified savings account um yeah. and then two just what am i actually investing in like what is this fund am i paying excessive fees yeah. i've met people who were paying fees that they didn't even know about you know they were paying an expense an expense fee they're paying a, a a front load fee so every time they bought into the fund they paid a fee you know oh, I, wow. I ended up finding out they had a uh they had a fee to actually transfer the funds out like anytime you you know move from this company to another company you paid a penalty so there's just all these hidden fees and i think if if you're not aware of it then you you never know and yeah. it's just something right you know you can look back on and be like wow i just paid you know five figures, six figures in fees. And I had no idea, you know, so oh I think gosh. just uh, kind of looking into those things and knowing for yourself. Yeah. Are there um, certain ones that come to mind that you recommend to people as far as when they're choosing, you know, which companies to invest in or which funds to invest in? Yeah. So, I mean, I know you brought up Vanguard. I'm, I'm a big proponent of Vanguard. I love them. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Jack Bogle, he cool. kind of found the company. He he actually was what created kind of index funds themselves. So I think they're very reliable. They have like trillions of dollars under under management. Um, a lot of people like the their version of the S and P five hundred, which I think is V F I A X. Um, okay. Or there's a total stock fund that's V T I A X. I can't recommend anything like specifically. A, hey put all your money just in this one thing, but yeah. those are some funds to give you an idea. Um, okay. Vanguard has the target date funds that we mentioned. Um, I know a lot of mm. finance people right now are really taking a liking to those just cause it's so hands off, you know, it's a kind of set it and forget it. Yeah. Um, you know, those are worth looking into. I know Fidelity has their version of them. I think they're called freedom funds. Um, so yeah, okay. I mean, I, I think just kind of looking into whatever company you're using, um, and just kind of even Googling, just Googling like, hey, like what are the top funds for X, Y, or Z that I'm, you know, trying to invest in, whether it be the stock market or, or bonds, um, you know, whatever it may be. And just mm -hmm. doing like a little bit of research, just whatever the ticker, you know, name is and just seeing if that's kind of what you're trying to accomplish. And then, uh, yeah, once you kind of choose just like a handful of, of those index funds, that's when you can start buying on your account and, uh. You can even make it mm. like automatic. So every time you're getting paid, you kind of send some money into those accounts and they'll do automatic buys. So then kind of takes your responsibility out of it. You know, I know it's yeah. a lot easier 
make a decision that's automatic than, you know, hey, logging onto the account and doing all these different actions every time you get paid. Yeah. Um, so I know that's one thing I do too, is just making it automatic. You know, whatever my investment plan is, you know, I have it set up and it's just automatic. It comes out of my paycheck or, you know, every month. Um, and it, mm -hmm. it just does its thing. So I'm kind of in the background. And then, uh, nice. you know, a year from now, five years from now, you know, the investments will be there and it'll have grown and I won't have to make that decision every time. You know, it's, yeah. it's a lot easier to say no when you have to like physically like go on, log on, put it all in. But you yeah. know, when it's just doing it, then it's just like, all right, now whatever money I have left over is what I have to spend. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Do you feel if there's any people that are listening that it seems kind of overwhelming to them, like all of this all of the different things that they should be doing is are there people on like fidelity and vanguard that like can help you kind of through this process or do you normally suggest you know like hiring somebody like you or somebody to help them through yeah i mean that's a great point that's why i almost I almost didn't want to get into the names and everything too much just because well, I know that I could be like... Well, I asked for the names. I mean, I wanted like those specific, you know, like, what do, what do I put in? <laughs> <laughs> I know I know. for a lot of it, it might just sound like mumbo jumbo. He's just saying the alphabet to me, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, if, if someone really had no idea and they were going from square one, I, I would say if you if you are on social media follow you know some of these accounts you know finance creators so it just mm -hmm. becomes a regular topic of you know your digestion you know so these names start becoming more familiar like you know the s p 500 you know the total mm -hmm. stock market you know you know vu you know vti you know you know you know all those lingo terms and sure. it becomes a lot more easy and you're more confident with those decisions um so i think just kind of following like-minded people to what you're trying to accomplish you yeah. know whether it be stock index investing, or if it's real estate. Um, but yeah, those companies, they do offer, I know now, I mean, uh, even models of robo advising, where you kind of just tell them what, you know, you answer some surveys. Yeah. And, you know, they'll put you in funds that kind of match that for a fee. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, or you could talk to their advisors, you know, which will give you help. But, you know, sometimes those advisor fees add up. So mm -hmm. I think the first thing that I mentioned was just like, kind of following people like-minded and learning for yourself, reading books, listening to podcasts yeah. like this one, uh, <laughs> uh, watching YouTube videos, uh, you know, things like that where you can kind of educate yourself. And if you want to take it to the next step and kind of avoid a lot of those obstacles and just shorten your timeline, then yeah, hire a coach or a mentor. Mm -hmm. um, they can kind of guide you along that process, whether it be me or, you know, someone else that you maybe connect with more. Um, but I think it could really help anyone out there. Honestly, I think, you know, if you're trying to accomplish a goal, you know, having someone that's been there or just is really passionate about that thing can help you mm -hmm. get there a lot quicker than just like doing it yourself. So I yeah. think it just kind of depends on, you know, how fast somebody wants to do it. If, Hey, if they're okay with, you know, taking a step-by-step -step and learning everything on their own, Hey, the information's out there. You yeah. know, if you want a, a shortened, streamlined version, then you know maybe hire someone that could help you along that process. Where, what are some of your favorite like financial guru, you know, Instagram people, financial heroes, <laughs> people uh, that you yeah. follow? There's a lot of really good ones. Um, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this would really like Money with Katie. 
Mm. Um, she's on Instagram. She also has a podcast. Um, Budget Dog is one of my favorites. Mm. Um, that's just, I mean, just a couple, but they're out there. So, I mean, yeah. it just takes a little bit of scrolling. You could, you know, look through the hashtags and I'm sure you can find someone that kind of, you know, jives with, you know, your personality and things you like to see. I mean, hopefully travel nurses out there, they can find me financially fit nurse. Um, you know, it's very nursing related, travel nursing related. So I think anyone listening on this show could benefit. Um, and yeah, you could, uh, just see me talk a little bit more about finances, add in some corny jokes and maybe <laughs> some fun reels here and there. So awesome. And where can they find your ebook too? Uh, same thing. So, I mean, it, it'll be on my Instagram. I know you okay. said you'll, you'll put a link in the show yeah. notes. Um, but yeah, it'll be on my Instagram. Anybody, you know, that listens to this show, you know, we'll, we'll throw in a discount for as well. Um, just cause we appreciate your time and your audience. So. Uh, like to do that as well. Awesome. Well, Anthony, this was a great conversation. I feel like I learned a lot and I hope everybody else learned a lot too. And um, yeah. yeah, Maggie, it was great. Great talking to you. I, I, I love that we uh, we got to dive into some of these things. And I mean, I think it'll really help anyone, anyone listening. And uh, uh, like I said, I appreciate you having me on the show and I look forward to hearing this podcast and listening to more in the future. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, I will talk to you soon. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in to Nursing Uncharted. To learn more about today's episode, make sure to explore the show notes at AmericanMobile.com slash Nursing Uncharted. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a guest. If you're a nurse interested in traveling, visit AmericanMobile.com to explore the largest database of travel nursing jobs in the industry and the amazing benefits that American Mobile has to offer. Also, a special thanks to producer Jonathan Carey, assistant producers Katie Schrauben and Sam McKay, and Aiden Dykes for the music and editing. Until next time, take care of yourself.